0: And that's why I believe in you, because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people.
1: Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you in to positive vibrations on a regular basis. Also, this Positive Head podcast is definitely a labor of love for Dalian and I, but make no mistake, it takes a lot of time, energy, and resources to produce five episodes each and every week for you, our listeners. So if you enjoy the Positive Head podcast, it would be stellar and much appreciated if you showed us your support at PositiveHead.com by picking up one of our unique Positive Head bracelets. Of course, you would most certainly be helping yourself in the process because it functions as much more than just another stylish accessory. And if you haven't ever seen one, they're really cool, simple little bracelets with our Flower of Life Sacred Geometry inspired logo. They're actually made out of recycled tires and metal. So our intention is, of course, to do something positive by giving new life to previously discarded goods. And as far as their functionality goes, they act as a daily reminder to help you focus on the positive aspects of your daily life. The concept was actually inspired by studies that you can read about on our our website, but besides that, many people believe just wearing something with sacred geometry is empowering in and of itself, uh, which you can also read about on our site. And. Of course, as the Buddha once famously said, what you think you become. So we believe having something on your wrist that reminds you to keep a positive head the same way uh, Fitbit reminds you to keep active makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, of course, we charge way less than Fitbit for helping you to manage your mental health because we let you name your price for your positive head bracelet. The reason we do that is because our heartfelt intention is to spread the positivity at all costs, first and foremost. That is our primary aim. And we don't ever want money to stand in the way of somebody wearing one. So if money is super tight and you want to pay as low as our cost to get one, no problem. On the flip side, if you love our podcast and just hit the lotto and want to show us your support by paying a million dollars for one, well, that won't hurt our feelings much either, I assure you. Uh, Lastly, we also recently added a unique new line of T-shirts that have what we call chemistry quotes written out on them that help to spread the positivity as well. So head over to PositiveHead.com, check out all our wares, pick something up to show us your support if you feel inclined to do so all right all you positive heads on this week's interview episode i'm very intrigued and excited to have jason quit here with me on the show uh jason is an avid astral traveler that recently wrote a fascinating new book called forbidden knowledge that goes into great detail about his journeys on the astral plane uh hello there jason welcome back to earth and thanks for stopping by the positive head podcast (laughs) thank you for having me yeah I've definitely been looking forward to this for for quite some time and um but uh just to i guess kick things off I always sort of start with the same question you're in an elevator uh you've got 10 floors to answer the the person next to you looks over and says what's your passion what do you say
0: oh man that's a that's a good question i would say <laughs> my passion um has always been uh, music and mm. creativity I'm an artist and
1: you know, I excellent. just love creating things. Excellent, excellent. What type of uh what type of art do you create?
0: Um, well, I do uh, digital artwork. Even um the cover of the book and most of the artwork in the book I did myself.
1: Ah, which I really liked by the way. That's a really cool image on on the cover. Um I did not realize that. That's excellent. Yeah. I, uh, you're probably familiar with some of the visionary artists. Then I had Android Jones on the show a while back. He's one of my favorite out there. I don't know if you know his work or not. Um, not really. I'll have to look him up. Yeah. You'll have to look him up. You probably will see some of it and be like, Oh, I've seen this before. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely, um, and such a talented individual and, uh, certainly his, his art is inspired from, uh, other dimensions as well, so I look forward to checking out more of yours. But um, let's see here. Let's kind of dig in. How did this all get started for you, as far as your uh, astral projection experiences?
0: Well, I think I've been doing them my whole life, and I've had um, a lot of paranormal experiences growing up, and even as far back as pre-birth memories. So I've always oh, wow. kind of been, di- yeah, I've always kind of been different, and. Um, I started to have past life recall uh, very early. Um, I would say um, probably like three or four years old is when I started to remember past lives. Wow. And that that didn't stop throughout my life. But I would say the astral traveling and all this new stuff really uh, came to a head when I was about uh, 21, 22 years old.
1: So you started with past life recollection really young. I mean, did that freak your parents out? Did you start talking about, you know, in details uh, or is it something that you kind of kept to yourself or what was, you know, the family life like surrounding these sort of uh, these gifts?
0: Well, um, when these things would happen to me, you know, a lot of them were uh, quite scary because they're almost like you relive or you observe, let's say, a past life death of yours, So, you know, I'd get very emotional and, you know, I'd run to my parents and explain to them what I've seen. And they would say, oh, that's just a nightmare. Um, You know, don't worry. It's just a nightmare. Uh And then I thought, you know, this was completely normal and everybody has these nightmares. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized, okay, these are more than just nightmares. This is um, very real. And it's almost like you're recalling these past life events and memories. And it really didn't hit me until I was about 11 years old. And um, I was put into a new school and I made new friends. And one friend in particular, for some reason, I had this uh, strong connection to them. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: then all these memories started to come back of a lifetime I shared with this person. Wow. And it was a very emotional memories. And I remembered the whole life. And I remember running up to this person and said, you know, don't you remember who I am? or who we were in a past life. they had no idea what I was talking about. And, you know, I was 11 years old when I first did this.
1: Wow. That's so fascinating to me because that's something that I've often, Jason, you know, I, I talk about that sometimes with friends or, you know, people that, you know, relationships or people that, you know, you have a a very strong connection with in this life. And I, it almost always crosses my mind. Hmm, I wonder what our history is together. I would love to be able to like dig into the Akashic record, so to speak, and kind of look at, okay, who were you to me and who was I to you? And, you know, kind of explore all that. And it sounds like you have had (laughs) the, uh, what an amazing gift to be able to get, you know, recall of those sorts of things. Now, are, are they, were they, things that you could call on, you know, easily, or they would just sort of happen, you know, sporadically. How, how, how does it come for you when you, when you have that sort of um, experience? Um, I would say it's completely random. Yeah. I
0: don't meditate or ask for any of this. It'll just suddenly Mm -hmm. uh, hit me. Wow. Um, Usually out of nowhere. And, you know, going back to the friends and the family, Um, What I've learned is that uh, we do travel all the time in these collective soul groups. So the people that we're closest to, the people that come on our paths, um, we usually have this ongoing history with these people.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a it's such a it's such a cool concept and it really resonates with me. And, you know, I've had it so many times where I can't I have never been able to recall the the past life interactions or anything like that, but it just feels, you know, you get that sense of familiarity. Like I know there's like rich history here. I can just kind of feel it, you know? And, uh, so it's like, you ever
0: meet a person where, you know, you just start talking to them and it's almost like you've known each other forever.
1: Yeah. And you have this very strong
0: bond almost immediately. Then you know that, you know, maybe there's something more to this person.
1: Yeah. Picking up where you left off almost. And it's, it's like riding a bike, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm, Exactly. So your story really gets interesting. I mean, that's interesting in and of of itself, you know, at 11 years old, having that sort of experience. Well, and by the way, before I move on, what was your past, I'm just curious now, what was your past life with this individual? Do do you recall now?
0: Oh, yes, I do. And it was, um, I don't even know if it was from this planet, uh, because there's many worlds with, uh, I would say, human evolution on it. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, it was almost like a medieval life uh-huh. and, um, we were knights and we worked beside a king and we huh. were, um, I would say we were elite soldiers and we grew okay. up together, we trained together. And, um, for some reason there was almost like a conspiracy that we were going to overthrow this king, which was not true, but, uh, the king found out about it and said, you know, either... Uh, you have two choices. Um, we either kill you on the spot or you fight each other to the death and the winner will continue living. Wow. And we chose to fight each other. And my friend um, didn't want uh, to kill me and he's, he wanted me to kill him. So wow. we decided on that. And when he gave me the uh, the go ahead, I killed him. Wow. Um, so it was a very traumatic memory, especially when you're 11 years old.
1: Wow. That just um, gives me chills hearing the story. Yeah, that's intense. So I, I actually relived that whole
0: um, series of events. And then when I saw him and I told him this, the whole story, um, I got a sense that he um, believed me, mm-hmm. but he didn't really have any uh, connection or uh, feel for what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, but the interesting thing is we remained best friends until even today.
1: Um, wow. So we definitely
0: have a, a strong connection. And I was just talking to him a couple weeks ago and, you know, he said he actually brought it up. He said, you remember when you, we were kids and you told
1: me that story. <laughs> yeah. So he still remembers what I told him. Wow. Wow. That's really, really fascinating. Um, so, Your story sort of, okay, so it started all very young for you, uh, and it really took a turn uh, when you got into your early 20s. Tell us about that.
0: Well, um, first of all, my whole life, I've I've kind of been ill or sick, and Mm. growing up, I've always had these uh, terrible stomach problems, where anything I ate would just, you know, I couldn't really eat anything. Um, Yeah. It would really bother me, so... Um, in my early twenties, I was very, very skinny. I was about 40 pounds underweight and I still had trouble eating food. Um, and I looked like I was dying. Like I I really was like white as a ghost. And, um, I, then I started to have these, uh, problems called, uh, sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. And I would, uh, it's almost like I would feel something come into my bedroom at night and I would feel this presence. And right when I would feel this presence, my body would be frozen and paralyzed. And it was a, a very scary feeling because you're basically uh, screaming inside your mind to wake up or to move a finger or to do something. Yeah. So it was not a fun experience. But this would happen to me almost every single night. And...
1: Um, you probably hated night, going I, to bed, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was... And I had a lot of trouble sleeping. So it's like, it's almost like I'd stay up all night. And then by the time I actually fall asleep in the early morning, then this starts to happen. So it wasn't really a fun time in my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, one night I just really couldn't take it anymore. And I was trying to shake myself awake and I shook so hard that I popped myself out of my body and had an outer body experience Wow, and what that was like was, you know, I, I popped out of the body, and I floated up over the bed, and I could see myself lying in the bed, and standing at the foot of my bed was a very tall being, um, that looked like a, a dark shadow or a cloaked uh, figure, um, and this, uh, yeah, this scared me so much. Yeah, one, I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to leave my body. Uh, first of all. And yeah. second of all, I wasn't experiencing to actually see this thing that I felt uh, walking into my room every night. Yeah, and it really looked like a grim reaper. And like I said, I was—I felt like I was close to death, anyways. So this yeah. really shocked me. Like I like I just died or something. But it's, yeah. it scared me so much that I got sucked back into my body and woke up. But after that experience, um, it opened a doorway for me. So after that, I had no more sleep paralysis ever again, but I was able to put myself into sleep paralysis, which is a strange thing to do, but I was, (laughs) I was so curious about this new world that was shown to me. Yeah. Um, So what I would do is I'd go to sleep at night and put myself into sleep paralysis um, or a meditative state, you know, you're putting your body to sleep and your mind is still active yeah. And then once I get into that state, I just kind of shake myself out, pop myself out of my body and just kind of uh, float around my room and just explore. Wow. And then that's when everything changed in my life.
1: Yeah. What What a trip. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I started, when I first s- sort of started on my own spiritual path, so to speak, uh, I read a book called The Psychic Explorer, and uh it was all about this i forget the guy's name now uh and it was all about a guy and his experience uh how to having you know astral travels out-of-body experiences and i was telling my brother at the time about it and we had been raised very conservative sort of you know christian very you know not anything like this in my household really and so as i started opening up to some of this information and was reading this book and this guy's fascinating accounts of you know uh flying around the cosmos and interacting with different beings and communicating with the spirits of of planets and stars and all kinds of just wild stuff. Um, of course my brother at the time, uh, is, and this is, I was probably 21 or something like this and he's a few years younger than me. He's like laughing at me like, okay, you've lost, you know, you've, you've lost your mind. And, uh, I'm like, no, it's so fascinating. I believe it's possible. You know, who who are we to say it's not right? I hadn't had these experiences and he hadn't had these experiences, but, uh, by talking about it, I was explaining to him how this particular guy, his, his techniques were, you know, he, he gave some different meditative techniques to go into um, you know to have a, a, an out-of-body experience to pop out, so to speak. And then uh, the other what seemed easier way was through lucid dreaming, becoming aware in your you know in your dreams and, and, and saying I want to leave my body. So I started kind of telling my brother this as I was recounting you know whatever I was talking about in the book. and he's like, well, I don't believe any of that's possible, but I do know that lucid dreaming thing. I, I used to have that all the time as a kid where I would wake up in my dream and do all kinds of cool stuff, take control of it. And so by talking about it, it, To it went from him like one day like laughing at me to the next day looking like he'd seen a ghost because he gets up in the morning he's like oh my gosh like by talking about lucid dreaming I had a lucid dream I hadn't had one since I was a little kid and then I remembered what you had said say I want to leave my body and I did it and next thing I know I'm standing next to my bed and I'm waving my hand in front of my face and it's like my hand is just like energy trails and you know then he flew through the ceiling and had all kinds of you know astral travels and he's not. You know, I always say he's not the first one in the line for the roller coaster. So unlike you, he was not, it, it freaked him out quite a bit. He wasn't like seeking to have it happen, but it would, um, it would continue to happen to him sporadically. Even to this day, uh, every now and then I'll hear something from him about uh, an experience that he had. And uh, I, I, for me, it was a really validating Uh, sort of experience because knowing him obviously like I do and he was not seeking this he was making fun of it actually one literally from one day to the next and it completely changed his perspective uh, because you know like thousands and thousands of others out there he had a very similar sort of account to report back Uh, and he wasn't he wasn't trying to go there you know Um, so yeah I think I think it's such an interesting thing
0: yeah and once that door is opened it stays opened And just like your brother, I was not asking for any of this. Um, I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't meditate or pray for this to happen. It just unfolded the way it unfolded. Yeah. So, um, and, but this is when everything started to change because um, now that I started to leave my body and to play in this new world, I started to get visitations from different beings. Right. So I would start... And this is where the whole concept of um, this astral travel ta- or astral travel time travel experience comes from, where at my first out-of-body experiences was, um, was actually being pulled out of my body. So these beings would come and, you know, uh, everybody says, you know, what do they look like? And they just looked like outlines or shadows, like I couldn't actually see what these beings look like. Um, all I know is they uh, would pull me out of my body, take me into this astral world, mm-hmm. and they'd um, shoot me up into outer space, and I can see the mm-hmm. planet. And mm-hmm. then shoot me back down on different places on the planet, and drop me off in that environment, and it would be a different timeline. Wow. Wow. So, So it would be almost like they were taking me on these time journeys and just for me to experience or to see uh, different potential timelines of Earth history.
1: Yeah. Wow. That is, I mean... Essentially, and, and that's what you refer to yourself as in your latest book, uh, Forbidden Knowledge, a, a multidimensional time traveler. So you essentially spend your, while the rest of us are sitting there drooling on the pillow, you're exploring ancient Egypt, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, the,
0: the, the sad thing is, is that I don't control it. Ah. So it's not like I say, oh, I want to go back here or I want to go into the future here. It's almost like I have no control over the situation. You're and it's shown almost what like, you're going to see. That's right. So it's almost yeah. like I'm, I'm taking on a, a predetermined journey and um, that's been shaping my life. So it's wow. almost like on a need to know basis,
1: almost. <laughs> yeah, right, right. What a trip! I, I got to tell you, Jason, I am pretty jealous. <laughs> I have ever since reading that book. I, you know, I tried to induce out of body experiences, and, and it just hasn't hasn't happened for me yet. Uh, and I haven't really tried in a long time. And maybe the, this conversation will uh, rekindle my, uh, you know, interest in, in attempting again. Because back when I was reading that, and that's been almost twenty years ago that story I shared with my brother, um, I was really trying, you know, to, to have some sort of experience. And the closest I got was feeling like sort of that buzzing in my body, like something was like, there's a separation occurring, but then I would sort of snap back to, uh, it would kind of almost jar me awake. And um, so uh, I'd love to hear about some of your accounts of what you've seen when you've gone back. Uh, Can you share some of that? Sure. And, you know, leaving your body for some people is natural
0: and even for mm-hmm. me, um, it took a lot of effort. Yeah. I mean, like I really had to try and i really had to do it over and over again to get it, um, right. And even if I haven't done it in a long time, um, even, uh, yesterday morning I was playing with leaving my body and I haven't done it in a little while. And it was, um, sometimes it's very difficult Mm -hmm. So I was only uh, able to reach certain levels of the astral world doing that. Um, But so um, when they first started to take me out of my body, um, you know, you said, you know, you're jealous and you want to to do these (laughs) journeys. I have to tell you, (laughs) I wouldn't (laughs) wish these journeys on anybody. Really? They were, oh my God. Yeah. They were absolutely terrifying and frightening and horrific. oh man yeah so basically um for some reason the journeys through my life um i would say 95 percent of them were not happy (laughs) oh wow so i would i would be taken and shown things that i really don't want to see but you know i was told later that this is all part of the healing journey and i need to go through all these processes to let go of this karma or these things that i'm holding So leaving your body and all these uh, things is actually part of this uh, healing journey to uh, become this multidimensional being. Because uh, essentially we're all multidimensional beings. We all have these abilities, but we're kind of um, stuck in this third dimensional world and these false belief systems. And it's almost like living an artificial life. And we've totally disconnected ourselves from these other experiences. And even if we, we have these experiences, uh, it'll either be passed off as like a dream or, uh, you know, the misfiring of neurons in your brain or you're on drugs yeah. or you're crazy. <laughs> right. So, right. so uh, most people don't get past the stigma of seeing beyond the third dimensional reality. Yeah. And then the few that do uh, not only go through that, but then embrace that other side, um, you know, they learn a whole lot about themselves and you know, the history of the world, um, you know, what life really should be like. And like I said, the the first experiences that I've had, um, they were quite terrifying. And that's because I was taken into future timelines where it was almost like being shown the uh, end of the world events. Wow! So it was almost like uh, prophetic visions, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you you read in the ancient text, all these people would be taken and shown uh, great wars and cataclysms and, you know, the real nasty stuff. Right. And so the the way it would work is they would drop me off in these environments. Let's say it's the future and it's almost like I'll be fully immersed in that environment. I'll have all my Mm. senses and I could experience everything but I'm just an observer. Mm -hmm. I can't interact with the environment at all. And I guess I'd be invisible to anybody seeing me. Yeah. And, um, they would just leave me there to experience whatever is taking place. And then when, um, they think I've seen enough, they pick me back up and take me back to my body. So, like I said, these were not controlled, um, like right. I had no control over anything. It was almost like I was uh, just being pulled and said, okay, here you go, Jay. And then experience. And then you've seen enough. We're taking you back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you have a regiment that's been laid out for you that you need to go through these classes. <laughs> that's right. And, and you know, and I,
0: I've i held these things for a very long time. Um, like I'm 34 now and this started to happen when I was 22. And I really never talked about it to anybody because, you know, who's going to believe me anyways? Yeah. Um, And now that it it feels like people are more accepting to these far out stories. Yeah. Um, So I just started to share and write these things. And um, the most amazing thing is I get emails all the time from people that read the book and Mm -hmm. they're saying, I was taken exactly like you. I saw the exact same things. So I'm finding this is actually a common experience. Wow! And I don't know if you've you've checked, but ever since I uh, released this book, uh, and we released it March 23rd, Mm -hmm. it's been number one on Kindle uh, on Amazon since it has never moved. Awesome! Congratulations! that That so it's it's definitely hitting a nerve yeah it's it's getting out there but it's hitting a nerve because you know coming out with this craziness and i'll say it's craziness yeah um, uh, i've opened myself up to a lot of different uh i would say attacks but you know that just comes with the the territory
1: of speaking your truth right sure sure yeah you've always got the people who are gonna say this is absolutely a lie and you're a fraud. And and of course they have no, uh, nothing sort of qualifies them to make those statements other than they made their own judgments that this isn't possible because it hasn't happened to them. <laughs> it's uh, wild. Yeah. And I, I've
0: heard a couple of times that, you know, I get all my
1: information from Stargate Atlantis,
0: which <laughs> is pretty, which is pretty great. I need to start watching that show because yeah, it might yeah, be that's a really safe,
1: good show. Sh- shortcut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So can you share with us some of the things that you've seen, uh, in these, uh, past and future timelines?
0: Sure. What do you want the past or the future?
1: Both <laughs> choose your, whichever one you want to go into. What, how about you start with the past and then share some of the future? Okay. So, um, the interesting thing about the past is
0: that, um, we are here in this timeline reliving all the karma that has been generated from all these past lives. So there have been events that have happened in our past. Um, let's say the uh, the destruction of Atlantis, for example. Mm-hmm. That karma, whatever was going on on the planet back then, which was very warring, which was very controlling, manipulative. Um, even back then, they had extremely high technology. They were connected mm-hmm. to different star nations. There was trade between uh, different planets back then. Wow. And um we used a lot of technology back then for wars. And one of the best technologies we had was the control and manipulation of the weather of the planet. Yeah, and we used that to war on different uh, offshoots uh, around the world. And um, we changed the weather so much that you know we really messed up the world and uh, brought on our own destruction. And that same thing is happening today. So we are still manipulating the weather. We're uh, geoengineering the planet. Uh, We're using a lot of advanced warfare that most people don't even know about. And it's completely making this planet unstable. Wow. So it's almost like we're reliving these same stories, these same patterns uh, from Atlantis, from Egypt, uh, from Samaria, where... um, It's almost like we've chosen um, the side of technology and the side of uh, control and oppression um, other than the um, freeing of consciousness. So there's people like us who uh, continue to reincarnate um, to say, you know what, we're going to choose the side of freedom and we're going to teach people the methods of uh, letting go of these past patterns and karma so that maybe we can change the timeline so we don't have to continually repeat these same patterns from the past. Yeah. Well, and and the future, um, first of all, the future is never written. Right. It's always potential futures. Um, Alternate timelines, right? Yeah. So the futures that I've experienced, um, you know, like even uh, I'll say uh, 2048 um, mm-hmm. uh, so in our close future, um, when I was there, it was very hot. <laughs> I know that mm. doesn't sound like, um, <laughs> such an amazing adventure, but it tells a lot about the climate of the planet has risen a lot in such a short span of time. Um, uh, so there's definitely some problems, um, coming down around the 2050 timeline and um, a lot of the timelines that they showed me, um, after that was, um, I hope it was after that, but it was very, um, destructive. Like I've seen, um, wars planet, uh, being scorched by something like the sky was on fire and the earth was uh, decimated. Uh, I've seen uh, prison camps and FEMA camps and uh, tidal waves and volcanoes and earthquakes. So I've seen the the gamut of really awful things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've always been told that uh, these seeing the future is almost like a, uh, it's a way to change the future. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't really look at it as that's where we're going. I look at it mm-hmm. as now that we've observed the future, we can insert ourselves back into the previous timelines and change and shift these patterns so that we choose other timelines to go down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. have
1: you have you been given any any view into positive future timelines? <laughs> Maybe, <laughs>
0: hopefully. Um, well, what I've been told is that we all have. Um, a a responsibility to heal ourselves Mm -hmm. and to change a timeline, we have to first change our own uh, individual timelines. Right. And we we do that for, from healing. So um, when I first started to leave my body, all the messages that were coming to me were uh, you have to heal yourself. Yeah. And to do this, they taught me uh, Qigong and I practiced it, practiced it for about a year um, to really, uh, get my energy going. And then after about a year of practice, um, they time traveled me back to the times of Egypt and I mm-hmm. became a student again in the temples of Egypt. So every night I would go back to Egypt and learn these, uh, um, wow. the postures and the postures were so powerful and I'd come back and, and record all these things I learned in Egypt And I started to practice what we call the, the Egyptian postures of power. And I still practice those and I still teach those all over the world. And um, they were so powerful that they basically transformed my life. Um, So they've given me a lot of uh, tools to use to individually shift my own energy and consciousness. And then I can share that information with others and help them change and let go of what they're carrying and mm-hmm. by doing this as at an individual level, we're actually starting to
1: shift our own timelines, which is then affecting the greater collective timelines. Fascinating, fascinating. Now, what are your thoughts on? Of course, it's it's an individual as well as collective journey, right? So, if I let's say I really work hard on healing myself, I give a lot of energy to seeing a potential positive, you know, future timeline. Can it, do you agree that it could be where I may, you know, let's say right now you and I were talking and you were very negative about, you know, everything's going to hell no matter what. You're not, but let's pretend like you were. And you were saying there's no positive anything. And I'm saying, no, it's all utopian. It's going to be great. I'm healing myself. I'm working on that daily. And, and so you end up in one timeline and I end up in another, so to speak. And we're essentially like ships passing in the night. And you may be there with another version of Brandon that is, you know, was more negative. And I may be in that positive timeline with another version of Jason that is more positive. I mean, do you, do you feel like it's that individual of a choice uh, as to what we see? I, I couldn't agree more. And I think Ah, that's
0: exactly what's happening behind the scenes that we're all stepping onto new timelines and Mm -hmm. uh, we do live almost like in a dimensional reality where we can shift and choose which timelines we go down. And another thing is the earth is almost like a school where you're freeing yourself. You're freeing your consciousness. You're letting go of the things that no longer serve you. So even if, you know, all the, let's say everything goes uh, the way of the wars and the famines and all this stuff, um, you have to understand that you're just a spiritual being um, exploring using the human as a vessel. Right. So you're, you've inserted yourself in these worlds to experience whatever's happening. And because you're this spiritual being living in a physical body, even if the physical body dies or suffers, you are still untouchable. Right. And yeah, that's it,
1: def- empowering.
0: Right. So, um, you know, I can't say that everything is going to be, uh, rainbows and unicorns (laughs)
1: because,
0: you know, I can't, I, I don't think anybody can really tell the future, but I do know for a fact that if you can control your own consciousness and activate your own empowerment, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter what is happening around you. Um, you're, um, I would say you're a sovereign, strong being that knows yeah. what's happening and you can only, yeah. and I would say you, if you um, go into those energies, you're allowing those energies to come into you. Yeah. And if you hold yourself at that higher state of being, then um, you won't carry those energies forward into your next incarnation. Right.
1: Right. So is you mentioned uh, using these postures that you learned, um, to help heal yourself. So I'm assuming that you're in a lot better health than when you started, uh, these journeys.
0: I am. And, um, like I was telling you earlier that I was very sick growing up and I couldn't really eat anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't just that I, I was dyslexic. I couldn't read. I can barely write. Wow. Um. And I stuttered terribly. Wow. So I had all these problems on many different levels. And after practicing uh, these postures and going down this healing journey, it's almost like all these things just kind of fell away from me. Wow. And uh, this this book that I wrote uh, with Bob Mitchell, um, we wrote it in like two months and we had to take like three chapters out of it cuz it was about 500 pages long. Wow. And you know to to think that I can sit down and actually write a book like this. Yeah. That's I couldn't write in high school. And now wow. it's just
1: flowing out of me like I can't stop it. What a testament to the you know, what a testament to your story, right? That is such a such a beautiful um yeah, that's just so so profound to hear. So you must uh, you must feel really good about overcoming those obstacles, and it certainly makes me intrigued to read the book. I mean, is there anything that you can share about that that would be helpful to the listeners as far as you know what you talk about? And obviously, if they really want to dig in, it's Egyptian postures of power, correct? Yeah, the Egyptian postures of power, and um, you know
0: the the whole message in the book is it's just basically um, we need to take responsibility for our own minds and our own actions. And we need to take responsibility for our own healing. And it's almost like we're, we're continually caught up in this pattern of woundedness where, um, you know, we're always angry with someone. There's always drama. There's always things going on behind people's backs. Yeah. And we're, it's almost like we're stuck in this loop and once you step out of it or when you attempt to step out of this loop, there's so many things out there that want to keep you in there. Yeah. Um, that it really becomes a fight for your life. Yeah. So, when I when I started to leave my body and I started to learn that there was actual uh, beings or, or dimensional beings that could influence your mind and connect with your energy bodies to manipulate you and take your, your energy. When I, when I found that out as actual fact, Mm -hmm. what am I going to do? I'm going to stop this from happening, right? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way to get these beings off me. Many people call them entities or attachments or Mm -hmm. uh, demons or whatever you want to call them. Um, our energy fields, our consciousness is at such a weak level that it can be easily manipulated and controlled. Yeah. So once you wake up and you say, okay, this reality is not the reality that we believed it to be. Um, Now I'm going to become who I'm supposed to become, which is just a multidimensional being that has control over um, his own consciousness. Right. it's 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 just a very simple thing but then there's all these things in the in the astral world and dimensionally and even in the physical world that says we don't want you to become that mm-hmm. so you basically and it took me many years of of literally um fighting off these things i mean it wasn't a fun journey uh just so that i could almost reclaim my energy back and you become very, very sensitive. So the more you do this, the more psychic you become Mm -hmm. and the more control you have over over your energy. So um, at this point in my life, I can walk into a room and I can feel what energies are in the room. Mm -hmm. If a person comes to talk to me, I can feel what's talking through them or what is influencing Mm -hmm. them. Interesting. So you start... So you start to get this really higher sense of um, truth. Yeah. So you you know where things are coming from and, you know, where these things are connected to a person or a place. And then just using your consciousness and your energy, you can remove that from the person. You can remove that from the place, but the person themselves, uh, you know, like I, I would say I'm a healer by trade Mm -hmm. and the problem with being a healer is, you know, I can go up to anybody and take away um, karma or entities or any anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not up to me to do that. Yeah. In fact, if I take something out of somebody, all I'm doing is saying, I accept your karma. And then mm. I have to deal with it. Wow, really? Yeah. And the, the problem with the person asking for the healing is that they're not taking responsibility for what they're holding. So after you remove it, very quickly, the things will come back and occupy that space again. Wow. So basically, you haven't changed a thing, but you've accepted somebody else's karma. (laughs) So you really have to learn um, how to truly heal somebody, which is uh, teach them why they're holding on to this, what it's doing to them, how it came to be, and then work with them in their process of healing. So you're teaching them how to heal themselves. Right. And then then you're not taking on all this stuff and then they could actually heal it. Right. So there's a whole other uh, side to healing that we really need to um, understand because, you know, yeah. I can go around and offer energy and healing to, to anybody that wants, but, you know, if they're going to continue with the same thought forms and beliefs and have the same patterns... What am I right. really doing to them? I'm not doing anything for them.
1: Right. Uh, that, ma- that makes a lot of sense. You got to want to heal yourself, right? And, and that's, ultimately you're responsible for your own healing.
0: That's right. So, you know, I can only help people um, change their belief systems, change their view. And um, this book that I wrote, uh, Forbidden Knowledge, um, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler, um, there was a very specific reason why I wrote it and I, I started to get pulled into the the UFO and conspiracy world. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is um, I've always been in the healing world. So coming yeah. into the UFO world was a very big shift for me. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I was listening to all the, the speakers and the topics and I was uh, viewing all these people that were um, in this energy. Yeah, and I realized it was such a toxic space, and the Mm. information that they were getting was actually um, tainted. It was actually hurting them. It was it was hurting their energy fields. And I thought, you know, this is a huge population of people that are really searching for the truth, but the things that they're complaining about energetically are right there in the room and laughing at them. Right. (laughs) So I thought, okay, you know, I need to reach this audience. So I went outside my comfort zone and I started to write about um, the different conspiracies or the different uh, agendas that um, have been talked about regularly. But I came at it from a perception of healing, I came at it from a higher dimensional uh, perspective of why this is happening. Who are the players? What's the history here that we don't know about? And since I've gone through this process my whole life and I've dealt with all these beings um, and I've had direct experience with what people would call um, these alien uh, races, Mm -hmm. um, I've learned so much from those experiences that I'm almost trying to take them out saying, okay, you know, this is the beginning of the experience is learning and understanding and being in fear. But the reason we need to know this is so that we can go back into our ancestry and heal ourselves and release the karma because all these beings, um, you know, we can call them uh, grays or reptilians or um, any of these negative things out there. Mm -hmm. Um, They're really us. Right. They're just a different version of us. And if we continue to fight with them and continue to uh, hold this resentment and anger towards them, we're never going to heal. We're never going to stop this cycle. Because And people don't like to hear this, but um, these beings that are very negative, they will actually incarnate into human form and lose their memories of who they were so that they can work out their own karma so that when they reincarnate back they're no longer the
1: same being. And this is how this whole evolution of consciousness works. Wow. Yeah. That, that makes a whole lot of sense. It's what you resist persists, right? And, you know, bring love to the space. It's all, it's all an extension of self. So it makes total sense uh what you're saying and that we need to look at it from a perspective of anything that is negative is really just hurting. And how do you, you know, see it for what it truly is and, and not, you know, fear gives it power, right? It absolutely does.
0: And, um, and I'll tell you, um, because I know you're interested in astral traveling is when you say astral traveling, all you're saying is you're entering into another dimension of space. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it. But there's different rules in these various dimensions. So if you go and leave your body, And go into these dimensional worlds. What you carry with you. Will have different effects. In those worlds. So if Mm -hmm. you're living here. And you're carrying a lot of hate. Or anger. um, Or trauma. Or whatever you're carrying here. When you leave your body. You actually take that energy with you. And if you leave with that. You will attract experiences. And beings towards you. That are connected to those energies. Yeah. So you will have, if you're carrying some pretty bad stuff, you're going to have quite an awful experience. Yeah. But when you let go of that stuff, um, you'll have very different experiences. So um, it's almost like a safety thing. So a lot of people say, well, why can't I leave my body? Why can't I experience this? Well, if you would go into this world too early, it may destroy you because you're, you're carrying the wrong energy for these worlds. And It'll affect your mind so greatly that when you come back, um, it'll change your life, and yeah. most likely not in a good way. Interesting. So, if there's all these safety measures put into place,
1: right? That which makes total sense. You you won't get more than you can handle. Uh, mm. Otherwise, it kind of defeats the whole purpose, right? <laughs> That's right. So, you wrote another book as well, um, the Yosef Codes. What's what is that one about? Okay,
0: so. Um, And this was, all these books were actually written quite a while ago and they're just starting to trickle out now. Um, Mm -hmm. I had this question in my mind because I was dealing with the energy world and I was communicating with different beings, but most of it is through uh, telepathic communication. And a lot of it was just energy. So there was no communication. I could just feel and sense energy and a lot of the energy yeah. that I experienced was in geom- like geometric forms. Right. So I was trying to figure out, is there a, a universal language of energy? And could energy be translated into uh, a simple geometric language? Mm-hmm. And um, I started to get, yes, it, it could. So I, I started to play with this communication and say, okay... Um, give me the the translation in geometry, um, what the root chakra energy is like when it's healed. And then I would get this code, uh, wow. this geometric code, and I would, uh, because I'm an artist and I have all these computer programs, I would uh, lay it out in the computer to get these geometric forms. And they're almost like spinning mandalas of geometry, And so what they they said is that when you look at these geometries, um, your brain is actually going into resonance with an electromagnetic frequency. And that's what this world is. It's all electromagnetic frequency. So when we're physically viewing something with our eyes, um, our brain is interpreting that electromagnetic radiation and producing the image. So they're saying that when we look at these mandalas, we're tuning the mind to a certain frequency range which is it's all about resonance and that resonance creates a bridge to these higher dimensional frequencies so um, they taught me this kind of language of mandalas or language of uh, geometry that communicate an energy to them so i i kept asking all these questions like you know What is the healing code for um, electromagnetic frequencies? Or what's the healing code for the elements of the earth? Or, um, you know, what's the healing code for food and water and the chakras and, uh, you know, all these different questions. And once I got this basic um, language down, um, I could actually translate this energy into geometric forms. Um, so that's how I created this book, uh, the Yosef codes. And I also came up with another book called the Atlantis codes, which is the same, uh, concept, but -hmm. with the Atlantis codes, it was, um, um, what they kept telling me is that, and I touched on this earlier, is that we keep living in these karmic cycles from our ancestry and we have such a shock and trauma in our energetic field um, that dates right back to Atlantis, that we can't get out of these cycles. So they gave me a progression of 12 healing codes called the Atlantis codes. And they said you have to work with one code every week. And, and these codes will start to change and uh, heal this pattern that we continue to have from Atlantis. So everything that I've been putting out, like the Egyptian postures or uh, the Yosef Codes or the Atlantis Codes, it all has to do with, um, here's some healing work, Um, go Mm -hmm. and practice it, meditate with it, do the postures, because you're starting to take responsibility for your own healing.
1: Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, I did. A, it, it's funny. I did a um, an ayahuasca journey not too long ago, and
0: mm-hmm. that was
1: one of the things that the facilitator, who I know really well, we kind of came away with was, and and I'm aware of this in my own self anyway it just really kind of jumped out at me and this is very recently he was like you know Brandon for you I really sense that you need to focus on doing root chakra meditations you have so much manifestation potential and and sort of visions and plans and um, but grounding that you know not just being so up in the clouds is important so uh, I've had multiple indicators recently in regards to to that. So what you're saying is I would take these uh, geometry that you've sort of drawn out and use that as sort of a mandala to meditate upon when I'm doing a root chakra meditation. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. Um, And if you want, I'll send you one for the root chakra after this interview. And Uh, even doing... Yeah, but even doing Qigong, uh, doing like everybody's energy field has uh, distortions in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it. doesn't matter who you are. We all have these patterns and memories and, and these distortions in our energy field. And when energy enters our energy field, it has to pass through these distortions. So yeah. we actually view our world and our perspective of the world and who we are is filtered through the distortions of the wounds that we carry. Right. So we... we, we We create the world that we hold within us, basically. Yeah. So using Qigong or using these codes, what we're trying to do is we're trying to move these distortions out of the body or correct these distortions so that we can change the way we view and see the world and ourselves. And
1: through that, we have incredible transformations and healings. Wow. So Qigong is another that you would really highly recommend for anyone sort of uh, consciously looking to clear up any blockages in any of anywhere in their system, right?
0: Yeah. Like, like I said, it's like, um, these were the things that were given to me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was having these outer body experiences and meeting all these different beings and they basically were saying to me, um, man, you got to heal. Yeah. Like, you're gonna you're not gonna have a fun time doing what you're doing if you don't take care of this stuff. yeah, and they had to literally teach me from the you know the ground up saying, listen, do the qigong. Mm. Here's some mandalas. here's some therapy. here's some essential oils, here's some crystals. Use these to correct your energy so that you will have the right energies. so when you leave your body, you're doing the right things. Right. You're not being pulled to all these different places, which can actually affect you in negative uh, ways. Right.
1: right. Very, very fascinating. Now, you're also working on a magazine as well. Is that correct? Um, right now, I've stopped just because
0: um, we're doing, I actually, we're starting to do a new book Um That's the next level of this uh, forbidden knowledge. And I can't really talk too much about it um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, the forbidden knowledge is a very, um, I would say, spiritual, energetic book. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the next book, it's going to be very physical. It's going to be very very historical, very physical. Um, But I can't really go into too much detail, but uh, hopefully it's going to be released um, by December of this year. And, um, but I'm still involved. You're referring to Tesla magazine, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I'm still involved with the Tesla people and we're actually going to be doing, uh, this event called Tesla mania, uh, here in Ontario, Canada, which is a week long event around Tesla's birthday around July 10th, um, that celebrates his life and his achievements and, there's many, many different uh, people coming to show their new Tesla technology and healing devices, and I think we're even getting uh, the band Tesla to to play the last <laughs> night. So it's going to be quite a fun week of Tesla stuff. And uh, but you know anybody could download. I I, I designed um, three Tesla magazines so far, and mm-hmm. if they go to my website, thecrystalsun.com, they could actually download each one of those magazines for free and check them out.
1: Ah, excellent. The crystal sun is, is the site you said? Yes. The crystal okay. sun,
0: S U N.com. So excellent. And there's excellent. lots. Yeah. There's lots of, uh, cool stuff on there, but the thing with Tesla, um, that I find so fascinating is that he had the answers to so many different things, not just electricity. Mm-hmm. And, um, he had so much information on healing and he created all these different healing devices mm-hmm. and nobody knows about them. So there's this wow. whole history of, of Tesla trying to heal people in the world. And it was totally hijacked by, um, I would say the medical associations and basically Tesla medicine was outlawed and taken out of all schools um, by the 1930s. Wow. Because uh, Tesla medicine was getting so popular back then that it was overtaking all medicine. Wow. So they really had to put the stop to that.
1: Yeah, I've never heard that. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a big, big movement. And uh, he discovered some incredible things about um, high oscillating frequencies um, creating ozone and pulse magnetic fields uh, effect on the bodies and the minds and basically, he found alternatives to uh, medicine that is highly—it uh, was much more effective, and there was no side effects. Wow! So it got suppressed. and it was yeah, and it was very and it was f- almost free. Wow! And you, it would heal you. It wouldn't make you dependent on it, which is a huge difference. Like medicines don't heal; they just make you dependent on it. Right. So he tried to correct that, and that that's kind of like the focus of the magazines because most people don't know that history of Tesla. Um, yeah, so I wasn't familiar. We really, yeah, we really wanted to focus on the healing aspects of his uh, cr- uh, inventions.
1: And so, what are your thoughts on on all of that? So you you feel like we'll see a reemergence of uh, some of this stuff, and and as far as his, of course, his free energy work, which is much more well known. Do you see, uh, you know, a reemergence of all of the stuff continuing and, and sort of having an effect on our future? Uh, yes. Um, in fact, since we started the magazine, um, there's been a, a
0: huge uh, burst of uh, companies coming out with uh, Tesla devices, like pulse magnetic field generators or um, light technology, and you know they're they're getting out there. They're still considered experimental devices but there's some companies now like um, there's a company called centurion systems which is actually a a canadian company Mm -hmm. and they've been health canada approved since the 70s and they just make tesla coils that put out magnetic fields that heal um, the skeletal system the muscle system the circulatory system and They've been approved, Um, so your doctor can definitely prescribe. um, Wow! Here's a test. Here's a Tesla device. If you have a broken bone, (laughs) go heal your broken bone with a Tesla device. Wow! And there's um, I I don't I think it's still illegal in the states. Mm -hmm. I still think the FDA has banned these things, but there's no law against somebody buying it for themselves. Right. So a doctor can't uh, prescribe it. Or Mm -hmm. a doctor can't use it on you. But if you just want one of these machines, you can just purchase one, use it yourself. It can't hurt you. And nobody has any problem with that.
1: Fascinating. Yeah, that's that's very, very fascinating. So do you believe... um Do you believe like going back, you've seen some, just to touch a little bit more on some of the past stuff, um, do you, you know, of course a big one that always comes up when you talk, you, you had mentioned Egypt, uh, you know, you hear these theories that they were using, um, you know, sound to levitate, uh, the blocks and things like that. Did you ever get any kind of a glimpse into ancient Egypt and how they constructed the pyramids?
0: Yeah. And you're right, but you have to understand something that most people don't really even get into is that uh, the magnetic field in the sun of the earth back then was different than it was today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, you know right now we're hovering around the zero mark of uh, mm-hmm. magnetic field of the earth when back then it was around a hundred to 200 gauss mm-hmm. so it was a much higher so if the um, if the magnetic fields of the earth were different and the frequency of the suns were different how would that change the human being? Mm-hmm. So the human being would be a very different being back then than he is today. Interesting. Um, so they can actually... Um, so if if the magnetic fields are much stronger, uh, think of um, magnetic levitation mm-hmm. would be much stronger. Sound mm. frequency, everything that we know would actually be a lot more amplified. So it'd right. be much easier... To move these blocks would be much easier to have um, new technology. Let's say to, you know, like let's say plasma or laser to cut blocks or right. to shape stones. Like there was advanced technology, and there's a real problem with our archaeology now. Is that even the alternative historians, you know, who are trying to push the boundaries, they're still not. They're still not going past the eleven thousand. Uh, year mark. Right. And the problem with that is is that they're cutting off this huge history that even before then there were pyramids. You know, the pyramids go back very, very ancient. Like some of the the pyramids, even the pyramid at Bosnia goes back uh thirty uh thirty four thousand years. Right. And they were just saying Cro-Magnon man was coming into existence around that mark. So, who are the people that built the pyramids? If it weren't, right. if it wasn't humans, so it right. opens up this huge can of worms. So, no archaeologist or no professional archaeologist or historian will dare go past this eleven thousand year mark. And they just discovered a site, uh, uh, Tep Tepe. Sorry, it's in a. Um, I think it's in Turkey. And mm-hmm. basically, they say, okay, this is the most ancient site in the world at about 11,000 um, years old. And the person who discovered it, you know, he came out and said, well, actually, it's between fifteen and 20,000 years old. But mm-hmm. they can't report that. So, they just said, oh, it's, it's at 11,000. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. It's, so, it's... And, but... The technology back then was so advanced that when you look at these monoliths, let's say, like the the monolith at um, Baalbek in Lebanon, that block is uh, 1,200 tons.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: massive. And some of these blocks were moved 900 miles. Yeah. And it cut out of one solid piece of granite. And granite is one of the hardest stones to cut. Yeah. And they, you know, they show us pictures of them with stone tools and copper chisels, cutting these blocks, <laughs> which is basically impossible. It can't be done. Yeah. So. So did they have advanced technology? Were they from previous civilizations? Absolutely. Did they have connection to the stars? They actually may have come from the stars. Right. So it may have been a solar or galactic community that was on Earth. At that mm-hmm. time, and we're really not supposed to know about that because, you know, we can talk about UFO in the skies right now, mm-hmm. say, "Oh my God, aliens are visiting the planet," but we can't talk about well, um, they've always been here. There's times where they were present and working with us, or oppressing us, or freeing us, right, and or even terraforming the planet using pyramids. Um, so that we have the right climate where we could actually survive on this planet. Right. So it opens up a huge can of worms that we're not supposed to know about.
1: Do you see, uh, you know... And, and I know, as you said earlier, no one can see the exact future, especially considering there's all sorts of sorts of alternate timelines. But curious if you what your thoughts are, if there will be obviously with the Internet age, it's a lot more information flowing freely. People are a lot more skeptical of what the establishment tells us about history or extraterrestrials and all these things. I mean, do you see foresee a big breakthrough coming where it's like sort of coming clean from the governments of the world?
0: A lot of people are saying that's already happening and
1: that's what I completely
0: fear (laughs) because yeah, because the government is, is so corrupt and all these establishments are so corrupt that if they would ever come out with the information, first of all, it'd be like shooting their foot. Like they're basically coming clean and saying, we've known this forever And we've had the technology for a very long time and we've kept you on oil and we've kept you in this state of uh, not being able to progress because we wanted to keep this information and technology from you, use it against you to oppress you. Right. So if they come clean, I mean, they'll do it in a way that makes them the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. They won't come clean yeah. in the way that is the truth, which yeah. I think is extremely dangerous. So if they do come clean and they say, yes, we have alien intelligence being visited here um, and we have technology um, that could you know free the world, will they actually make that available or will they continue down the same system or will they make it right. so expensive that none of us could afford it anyways? Right. So they... So the people that have been oppressing us and having the information forever, now they're saying we have the information. Um, It just doesn't make any sense. Right. That's just my view. It just doesn't make any sense. And I hope I'm wrong because, you know, the earth could need it. But um, a friend of mine, uh, Grant Cameron, you know, he was saying that if the world right now at the conscious level that we're at if we were suddenly given free energy, we Mm -hmm. would destroy the entire world in a couple years. Hmm. Because, because we think about it, it's like our whole civilization is based on consumption of resources. Right. So, and we're limited to the consumption of resources by the energy that we have to use to get those resources. Right. So suddenly we have unlimited energy. We're going to, try to get as much resources as we can and we'll just completely destroy the planet so wow at a at a consciousness level i don't even think we're ready for free right. energy technology because we'll just destroy ourselves faster
1: right 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 so the, the essentially and i've heard it said before uh and i think you'll agree that uh you know currently our sort of technological advancement where it's at without any free energy is surpassed where our spiritual evolution is collectively, which is sort of a dangerous space to be in, which is why we're having problems. So really we need to catch up spiritually before we, we go there. Would you, would you say that's safe to say? I would say
0: that's a hundred percent accurate and it's unfortunate because, you know, maybe we have all this technology, but we know what would happen if we would receive it at the level of mm-hmm. consciousness that we're in, like if we're get, get it given uh, you know, zero point energy, think of the weapons we could create. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, we talk about uh, nuclear bombs. What about a zero point bomb? That would be like the first thing the military will try to create if they haven't created it already. Yeah. Um. So it's like, it's the same story with Tesla. It's like, Tesla says, okay, I'm going to create the Peace Ray. And that's mm-hmm. what he wanted to call it. He goes, I'm going to create the Peace Ray, which is a weapon that's so powerful that I can shoot down um, thousands of aircrafts out of the sky and ships out of the ocean 300 miles away from shore. So right. if, every, if every nation has this weapon, there won't be any war because you can't send anything to attack anybody with these weapons. <laughs> right, right. And then the government will take it and say, okay, now we're going to call it instead of peace rays, we're going to call it death rays. We're going to make right. Tesla crazy. And we're going to develop them and put them in outer space so that we can control the world. Right.
1: You know, right. so we can give you
0: amazing technology, but it's the person wielding that technology that determines if it's used for peaceful means or not peaceful means. Right.
1: Do you believe that there is a spiritual revolution, of sorts happening, where you know this uh, raising of consciousness that is so necessary for us to, uh, you know, visit a timeline that is one we would want to visit. <laughs> Do you think that is uh, that's happening? It's happening really fast. Yeah, it, it's really happening fast.
0: And I remember um, the reason I'm so reserved about this information is that I remember coming out with this information, um, I don't know, like maybe 15 years ago. And it's like, I couldn't even talk about Reiki healing back then. Right. Yoga, like people would kind of snicker and laugh at that. Right. And now it's almost like the norm. Everybody knows about yoga. Everybody knows about Reiki healing. And now people are talking about, you know, is Hillary going to release information on UFOs or if Barack Obama's going to talk about UFOs before he leaves office? Like, or, the right. consciousness has shifted so drastically in i would say the past 10 years that you know i've witnessed that change like i couldn't talk about the stuff back then And now it's like I'm talking about, and people are saying to me, Oh, Jay, you know, that stuff
1: is so old. Why are you still talking about it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) It's funny, huh? Yeah, I've definitely experienced the same thing. Uh, And, you know, one of the theories that I've heard and curious what your thoughts are on this is that we're, of course, we're on a spaceship hurtling through the cosmos and we're entering a new uh, area, locale, I guess, where the vibration is elevated. Um, And as a result, that's causing sort of the. You know, reaction in our DNA and cells—you uh, know—to to causing us to elevate our consciousness and vibration. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Have you heard heard this? And what do you thought your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I've heard that um, since uh, the 2012 mark. Um, basically, we've entered a new energy in space, mm-hmm. and what it's doing—it's reactivating the pyramid structures, not just on Earth but throughout the solar system and in different. Um, constellations as well which you know there's pyramids everywhere basically Mm -hmm. and what it's actually doing is it's activating dormant dna's in our body to um resonate this i would say this ancient star consciousness to push us forward in a in a certain evolutionary evolutionary pattern and um there are many people that will resist this change Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: by by resisting this change um People are actually going to get sicker. Um, they're going to get crazier, uh, more violent. Um, so there's going to be a, a much more distinct polarity coming on the planet of people that are really into this um, new earth kind of consciousness of healing. And mm-hmm. you'll have this other polarity that is just more angry and wants more power. So there's yeah. be it's almost like, um, the polarities are both sides are getting stronger at this point.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Now, one of the questions that I like to always ask Jason, and uh, I'll put it your way, and, and I know uh, you've got plenty of uh, positive paranormal stories. So uh, one yeah. of the, the things that I'm very intrigued by is, is profound stories of synchronicity or serendipity. Uh, do you have a, a good story like that for us to share? Oh, my whole life is synchronicity <laughs>
0: and you just got to go with it. But, um, Oh, good story with synchronicity. I'll just say that, like, I just have so many, but I'll just say that, um, when you're in the flow that you're supposed to be in, when you're mm-hmm. in your, when you're walking your path, mm-hmm. it's almost like the universe aligns everything for you. Right. So it's like, when I need something, I don't say I need something. I know that my next step, I'll receive it and the universe will provide it for me. Right. And I'm telling you, I've been living that life for about 10 years now and never fails. huh? (laughs) It never fails. Like, it's like, let's say, you know, I don't want to use such a a physical um, thing, but it's like, let's say. I get this weird bill in the mail and I'm like, Oh my God, I owe $500. And then like I put the bill down and and I go and check the internet and someone buys a $500 crystal off my site at the exact same time. <laughs> right. And, you know, so it's almost like I needed it. It's there. Yep. And it, it's a very physical uh, description, but even with people, um, like you'll meet the right people at the right time to put you on the right path, and it just never fails me. It's it's like yeah. comp- you're like once you're decided, okay, I'm on this path of um, giving, I don't want to say giving up to the universe, but allowing the For universe rendering. to yeah. unfold your yep. journey. And once you've made that decision, your life changes. And you never need or want anything because anytime anything is needed in your life, it's literally right there in front of you right when you need it. Oh, and here's another amazing example. Um, I was uh, in Japan last year and um, I was doing a talk and someone at the talk left their umbrella. Mm -hmm. So they said, oh, just take the umbrella. You'll probably see them the next day and you'll give it back to them. And I said, okay. And then the next day I had to walk, um, quite a distance. It was probably about a couple, uh, miles. I had to mm-hmm. w- walk somewhere. And right when I stepped out of the house, it started to rain like crazy. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, I'm going to be soaked. What am I going to do? And I looked down and the umbrellas like leaned up against the door. <laughs> ah, it's so wonderful. You know, it's like okay, I needed this thing. It was almost like predetermined. It's like you're going to need this umbrella tomorrow. There you go.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah, and the more you pay attention to this stuff, and the more you uh, trust that you will get, I think that's a great point that you bring up because so many people stress about you know finances or what's you know what they're whatever they feel that they need, uh, and that you know by by as opposed to. Trusting that they'll get what they need, they focus on the problem and fear and all those things. And of course, that we know where that leads, right? And when you move into this state of surrender and trust and knowing that the universe will provide what you need, and your job is just to, you know, sort of turn over rocks and yes. um, and do what you can and let the rest go and, uh, and trust. And, and you know, it's where faith comes in right and that you hear so many like organized religions uh, addressing and i feel like this is really the the true application of faith is knowing that you'll always be where you need to be and get what you need to get and uh when you do uh when you do move into this space it, it is it's a fascinating uh experience in in way to live your life because it takes that stress and fear just out of out of the equation
0: and you know the the more that i'm in this world I think of the force of the universe as a giant comb, and mm-hmm. it's combing out all these potential timelines and uh, energies. So it's constantly trying to uh, untangle the path to make it the the path of least resistance. That's what the universe is trying to do for Interesting. you. Interesting. It's trying to to comb all the or detangle all the things so that you will have the path of least resistance, and. Your mind, on the other hand, is the tangler. Right. So by by overthinking, by putting emotions, by putting all these programs in our mind, we're taking all these things and we're actually tangling up our energy. Right. <laughs> so we're always right. so we're actually self-ensnaring ourselves with our own thought forms and beliefs and patterns. But when we surrender that, it's almost like the universe will provide that path of least resistance for us.
1: Right. Absolutely. Very well said. Well, Jason, this has been absolutely fascinating to pick your brain. And, uh, I think I could probably shoot questions at you for another few hours, but we both uh, have uh, <laughs> other things to do at some oh, yeah. point. And so do the listeners, right. But let's, uh, I'd love to circle back around with you when your new book comes out and, and do this again. It's, uh, I, I, like I said, I think I could, uh, I could go on and on with you. So we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping it up from here, but I do have one question I'd like to leave you with that. I I leave everyone with 60 seconds or less. What is the meaning of life according to Jason quit? Well, that's very easy. It's just to be me. Ah, (laughs) I like this answer. Jason, you are fascinating. Oh, go, go, go ahead. Don't let me And
0: (laughs) Just, just remember be me and, Mm -hmm. uh, me is M mm-hmm. E and that stands for master energies. Uh, so just be me master. Energies.
1: Uh, I've never heard <laughs> that. And I love it. Thank you so much, Jason, for taking the time to uh, share with us here today. And I look forward to the next time uh, our paths cross.
0: Thank you for having me and awesome. Just dis- a discussion.
1: Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download, please take a minute. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. Since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting, uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because... Well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life. Because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, By all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. (laughs) Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being